0: And I'm really excited about that. We, we had the Daily War series for a long time and uh, throughout the, the lockdown, things like that. And then we had Father's Day. and I said, what's the perfect opportunity to, to, to switch to a new series? And I could have gone the Daily War one for another 10 weeks. But I thought, you know, we were there. We covered a lot of good ground. So we're starting something new today. We are in a very exciting time for our church, a very exciting time. Started at the end of October. And um, we, we, we navigated our first and hopefully our only pandemic as a church in our first six months of existence. I mean, that's pretty insane. We'll always be able to say, hey, we started, uh, you know, our first few months were right in the middle of the nas- worldwide pandemic. And, uh, hey, we're still going, so that's exciting. Um, I believe, though, that even though we're coming out of these things a little bit, obviously there's still going to be regulations, but I believe we're getting ready to head into some very testing times as a church. I really believe that. Because here's the thing, I was talking to a pastor of a large church this past week, and I said, hey, we're looking at a building. He said, yeah. I said, you know, it's funny. We're fi- I'm finding out that even as they begin to open up things that you're only going to really fill about 25% of your building, even though it says 40% of the occupancy, because most r- sanctuaries aren't you know, gigantic, you couldn't even fit 40% into uh, an actual auditorium because of the space, because of trying to keep people spaced space and things like that. You know, um, all the building things we're dealing with. I really believe that cosine. I, I believe that challenging times are ahead, but the best times are ahead. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because when we are challenged, it increases our faith. And, and one thing that God has been doing in my life specifically, lately, especially over the last year, God has been putting me in situations, I believe he does this with all of us, but specifically for me, putting me in situations where I have to make a choice. I can either figure things out, on, uh, out my own way, figure things out on my own, stress out, worry about it, ignore reality and try to ignore issues, break down in the middle of my circumstances, which is the way I live for many, many, many years, and sometimes I still can fall into that mindset of trying to do things and trying to figure things out my own way. But God has been giving me situations where I can either do that or I can choose to have faith in God, to walk in faith, to live in faith, and to move by faith. I've had so many situations, not just with our church, but in my personal life where I had to make a decision to either do it my own way or walk in faith. The Bible says, okay, in the series today we're talking about, we're talking about by faith, and today's message is moving forward by faith, moving forward by faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews 11, and the verse will be on the screen, but Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith believes what it can't see yet. It believes what it can't see yet. Faith has vision. Faith uh, builds the ark before it starts to rain. Faith leaves your hometown like Abraham did when God called Abraham. Faith leaves your hometown before God even shows you where to go. Abram got and left, left his family before he even knew where he was going. Faith believes what God said would happen before it even happens. Faith—it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Growing up in Western Mass, there's a, an amusement park, Six Flags New England. I know probably we've been there, and probably people in Western Mass. I'm not sure if you've been there, Six Flags New England. I loved going there as a kid. I never went when it was Riverside, uh, but I did go when it was Six Flags New England. And there was a specific ride there that I absolutely hated, and it was the scream. I don't know if you remember the scream. Mm-hmm. I hated the scream. I would sit there and watch it. it, it you know, it, it kind of fakes you out. It'll slowly bring you up to the top. And you can, I, I almost zoomed in, but I wanted you to see, like, it's pretty high. Maybe you like heights? I don't like heights at all. If I'm on a roller coaster, it's different. You're kind of moving fast. You, this is like they bring you up here, and you just sit there with your legs dangling over the edge. And then, like they like, you don't know when it's going to, I think it finally goes, like, and, then it's like, and everybody obviously screams and I can't stand this ride I went on it one time because my sister was there and her friend and I and I was kind of watching them and I hated it okay but when I looked at a ride like this when I would go and even still when I look at rides like this um, to me it's, it's amazing it's like man that is pretty it's pretty cool even though I don't like it it's pretty amazing you know how they built this and it gets used all the time, and how high it goes, the amazing views that you have, and, and just the thrill that's behind it. It's just crazy. It's wild. But even though I'm amazed by it, I'm not going to, even though I did it once, I'm not putting my faith in that thing anymore. You know? I'm not going to be like, you know what? Every time I'm like, what if the little over the thing just clicks open, and I'm at the top there, and then it starts to come down, because it actually has like a tiny bit of like looseness to it. You know, it's not going to unlock, but what if it did? You know, and it's like, man, I get so nervous. I'm not putting my faith in in the screen. I'm just not going to do it. Okay, leave me out of that. I'm not sitting in that thing. But in the same way, spiritually, you can be amazed by the grand, glorious gospel, the redemptive story in Scripture. You can be amazed by what God did and still not be living by faith. You can be amazed at the logic that is found in the Word of God and how it makes sense for the times and and how the prophecies have been fulfilled, and you can be amazed at that and not be living by faith. You can be amazed at the great worship music that we sing together and we worship God. You can be amazed at, wow, man, these songs are so great, and man, this is awesome, and not be living by faith. You can be amazed at the love of your church family and not be living by faith you can be amazed by wonderful biblical preaching and teaching and that that you hear each week and not be living by faith you can be amazed by the grace of the cross of Jesus Christ and just what he did and how he suffered for us and be amazed I can't believe someone would do that for me you can be amazed by that and still not be living by faith there's a huge difference a significant difference between amazement and faith. We often confuse the two. We're amazed at what God has done, but we don't act in faith. God will not leave us in a state of amazement. He won't do that. God, He works by grace. We talk about grace a lot here because I believe grace is one of the most important parts of the Christian life that we miss out so often on. He works by grace to craft us into people of settled, hopeful faith, of courageous faith, of active faith, of, of celebratory faith, of God-glorifying faith. He, he works in us. The Bible says in Ephesians that we are his workmanship. He works to make us people of faith. He doesn't want to leave us in amazement. He will settle for no, nothing less than people of faith. He's not satisfied with the, the wonder of our minds. He's going to continue to, to put things in our lives, to increase our faith. He will not relent until he has established his life-altering rule in each one of our hearts personally. That's the God we serve. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. But not only that, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That kind of faith in Hebrews 11.6 Listen, you can't work up that kind of faith on your own. You can't can't dig deep enough uh, uh, in yourself and in your own power to have that kind of faith. It is not in our nature. Listen, we cannot just acquire that faith just in our own strength. I'm going to really believe. No, it, it is a gift of grace. That kind of faith is a gift of grace. The cross of Jesus Christ, his shed blood makes that gift a faith available to you and to me right here and right now. The cross makes that faith available to us. So in recognizing, listen, in recognizing, and I hope you do, in recognizing our need for grace to even live with that kind of faith, I want to preach this morning specifically on moving forward as a church by faith. We're going to spend the next several weeks talking about by faith and 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 different things about faith. But today, I want to talk about moving forward by faith as a church. Now, I will say this. We will never move forward by faith as a church until we move forward by faith individually in our own personal lives and families. Listen, I can preach and preach and preach about our church and our church and our church. We need to move forward by faith and keep moving forward. But if you and your lives are not moving forward by faith in your personal lives and in your families, it's not going to happen as a church. It's not. Listen, here's what I believe for sure. This is, this is by faith. I believe this, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, help my unbelief, but I believe several things. I believe and I know that God has called our family to Cape Cod to start Colts Baptist Church. There's not one doubt. I, I do not ever think, I wonder if I did the right thing. I know for sure that God called us here for this place. I know that. I know that. I believe that God, in faith, I believe God will build his church. This church, I believe He will build it. I believe He will give us a more permanent building, whether it's the one we're looking at now or something else. I believe that. I believe that God will provide. There's going to be a lot of expenses coming up over, the first, over this, first, this next year. And I believe that God's going to provide it in every way, not just the money but the people and the time and the energy. I believe that God has brought each one of you and your families here to our church. I believe God will give us more people. And God will use us to reach our community in the surrounding community. I believe that. I believe that God will give wisdom and decision-making, because there's a lot of decisions that have to be made at this time. I believe that God is for us. I believe He is for Coastline Baptist Church. As a church, as a small, brand-new, not even a year-old church plant, listen, in the middle of a pandemic still, amidst, obvious racial tensions in our country and in the world right now, and one of the most expensive places to live and work in the country, in one of the toughest states to plan a church based on the building codes and the occupancy limits, all those different things. Listen, we must move forward. As a church, we must move forward. It would be very easy, and I, I will sing about this as I was studying and preparing this message. It would be very easy, and we could probably get away with kind of sitting still and and enjoying what we have. Because the truth of the matter is, God has blessed our services here. I personally have enjoyed our services here. It's a little hot today. <laughs> but I have enjoyed our services here. I, I think of our Christmas, uh, on the month of Christmas, we raised, you know, almost total with the toys, almost $1,000 for a missionary family going to Africa. That's awesome. We, the Lord used us to do that as a church. I think of uh, 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 the people that have come and the visitors that have come and people that have come, obviously, even just vacationing and the blessing we've been able to be. I think of the the weeks we were on lockdown and the live stream, how the Lord used that and the Coastline kids and the, all these things that God has done and he's used us. It would be easy to sit still and maintain what we have. It would feel more comfortable, really, financially, to relax here at the house and keep having church and and, uh, uh, you know, be financially stable. You know, we don't have to worry about all these extra expenses and have a lot less expenses being here, obviously. It would be less confrontational uh, to only invite people that we know really, really well here to the house. And, and that would be much easier and more comfortable. But we must move forward. We must move forward. And that's not to say that we're not. But the message today is moving forward by faith, by God's grace. And through his guidance, we will get into a building. We will get into a building. We will reach more people. Man, it's, I often find myself, if I'm not careful, trying to rush God and, 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 and feeling like, man, I feel like we're just, you know, oh, if I'm not careful, the devil says, you're not really doing a lot right now. Like, yeah, you're investing in the people that are here, but, I mean, when's, when's you know, you haven't really invited anybody and you haven't done all these things. And, and I start to be like, oh, man, yeah, what, what can I do? And, and I have to stop. Because God is in control. We will reach more people. We will see souls saved. We will, I, I believe that. We will have a baptism service. I'm so excited. That's one of the most exciting things I'm looking forward to. Is Whether it's you know, getting a portable one or going to the beach and baptizing on the beach. That would be so awesome. I'm so excited about that. We will impact this community. I believe that. We will. We will move forward by faith. And as a church, we must believe. We must believe that God is going to work. By faith. We have to believe that. And it's not necessarily that any of us here don't believe that. But what we end up doing, and I'm guilty of this as well, is we get so settled and so stable and so comfortable that it's not that we think God isn't going to work, but our minds are not focused on the fact that God is going to work. So we're kind of right there in the middle of just What's going on now? We're kind of here in the present and we really we lose sight, we lose vision. I'm really, today's kind of a vision casting message for our church. We must believe that God is going to work. We must believe that the gospel is enough. The gospel is all we need. The gospel is enough. We must believe that the love of Christ will make a difference in people's lives. We have to believe that. Listen, it's not going to be enthusiasm in the pastor that's going to make a difference in people's lives. I remember on deputation, we were on deputation for a little over a year, and I had so many well meaning, kind people that said, Oh, you're going to do great. You have such a great, enthusiastic spirit. And for a little while, I was like, I kind of do, don't I? This is that. Yeah, that's great. But the more and more God began to work, my heart said, Your enthusiasm is not going to do jack squat. It's not about your enthusiasm. It's about the love of Christ. That makes the difference. And we must believe that that is what will make the difference. We must believe that the Spirit will convict hearts. We have to believe that. But also, we also must individually, personally, one by one, we must individually seek the presence of God in our own lives. In our own lives. Remembering that we are our own worst enemy. You are your own worst enemy. It's very easy, and it's in our nature to shift blame. Just so we look at the the first few chapters of the Bible, it's in our nature to shift blame. We must remember that we are our own worst enemy. It's not what's on the outside. The Bible, Jesus said it. It's not what's on the outside that destroys a man. It's what's on the inside. But we like to ignore that, and I like to ignore that often. We have to realize that self-righteousness will blind us to real needs around us. Self-righteousness is one of the most destructive things in the Christian life. And one of the worst parts about it is that it's so easy to miss and explain away. We have to recognize that the price for our sins was paid. It was paid... For at the cross by Jesus Christ, our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we don't listen. We don't need to be afraid and fear our our past sin and be afraid of that past sin in our life. We need to be more concerned with our delusions of righteousness right now. Because the Bible says our righteousness are as filthy rags. But we like to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. If we continue down the road, if I continue down the road of self-righteousness, thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, counting ourselves more as law keepers than law breakers, being more concerned with the sins of other people around us than than our own, we will not move forward. And you will not move forward in your spiritual life. But it's so easy to live there. By the way, I'm not talking about gaining a better standing with God. Or, or, or earning, earning favor. I'm not talking about that. Earning favor with him and, and about moving forward. Oh, if you move forward, then God loves you more. He, I'm not saying that. When the Father looks at me right now, when, when God the Father looks at me, he sees his son, Jesus Christ, and the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not my dirty delusions of righteousness that I think I have. To personally move forward, we must cry out, for eyes to see we must cry out to the father for eyes to see for accurate personal insight that's what we need to see ourselves as we really are we need to cry out for the defenses of our heart to come down because we have these these unseen walls built up around our heart that we don't want to think of ourselves any lower we, we want to think well of ourselves We want people to think well of us, but we have to cry out for those defenses to come down. Ask God to defeat your fear of being exposed or of being known or people knowing who you really are. Ask God to defeat that fear and cry out for the grace. Cry out for the grace found in Christ to be willing to stop and to look at yourself and to listen to the Spirit of God and to receive that correction from the Spirit of God and to grieve that sin and to confess it and to turn from it. We need grace to do those things. We can try, try, try as much as we want in our own power, but we need the grace of the Spirit of God to see ourselves how we really are. Stand, church, stand with courage and hope before uh, the searching and exposing mirror of the Word of God. That's what the Word of God does. When we really read it, searching our hearts, we see who we really are. And as discouraging as that may sound, it's the most freeing thing you'll ever experience. We cannot move forward as a church until we personally move forward, individually, pastor included. Listen, I'm excited about what God has done already at Coastline. I'm excited about these last three months. It's been awesome. It's been thrilling. I'm excited about what God is doing right now at Coastline. And, And I'm excited about what God is going to do at Coastline Baptist Church. I'm excited. Listen, God would not call us here. Our family, God would not call us here as a Bible believers to this place for this time just to do absolutely nothing. I, I believe that. God would not have me travel around the country for a year. <laughs> okay. Just to come out here and just sit. He would not do. I believe God, that is not, that is not of God. Listen, God has plans. I remember traveling in deputation. In um, end of 2018 and most of 2019. And, and uh, we'd go all across the country, and people would ask, you know, where are you going to live? Where are you going to live? It's so expensive to live out there. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it really is. People would always say, and they were, you know, really concerned. I used to try to, like, well, we're going to this and that. I remember we talked, maybe we'll live with my parents, for, my in laws for a little while, or maybe we'll have to trail, travel from Holyoke. And we just didn't know. Finally, I got asked a question so many times. I finally said, you know, I don't know, but I can't wait to see what God does. And I believed that. Now there were days when I would say that, and I would say that in a message, and at the back of my mind, I'd be like, "Yeah, but what is going to happen? <laughs> Where are you going to live?" You know, it's, every time you look on Zillow or on Trulia, you don't see anything in your price range for a house at all, or for rent, everything's winter, you know, winter rental. And I was like, "Man, I don't know." Listen, I wanted to start our church in October. I remember traveling all throughout early to the 2019, we, we planned on starting and right in the middle of the fall there, after the vacationers, you know, go home and. And, uh, and we want to start in October, and I thought, I hope we can start in October. I believe God wants to start in October. And it's amazing what God did. God did give us a house. We're s- sitting in it right now. And Not only did God give us a house for us to live in, but he gave us a place to start in. That's God. That's God. And guess what? We started in October. I remember beginning of October came around, and I was like, you know, I, I'm looking at buildings. And I, I'm, I was wanting to start at the end of October, and it's not looking pretty good at all right now. I remember finally being with, uh, uh, I went out to breakfast with Ben Feldot, the pastor at Cape Cod Church in Falmouth. And and, uh, we looked at some buildings, and we would stop. He he drove around me for four hours looking at properties and stopping at for sale places and for lease places. So kind. And I said, well, I want to show you the house that God gave us that we're renting right now. And we pulled in the driveway. We had just moved here like two months earlier. This room was the catch-all at the time. We had extra furniture, still some boxes that we needed to unpack, and we just weren't using it for anything. And we pulled in the driveway, and Ben said, why on earth are you not meeting here <laughs> right now? And I said, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and he walked in there, and he said, Donald, look at this place. And there was a dresser over here, and there was a mattress against the wall, and there was boxes. And I'll never forget, as long as I lived, Ben, he was standing over here behind the dresser, and he said, you can have, like, a pulpit here and sing. And I started for the first time. God used him to show me, hey, Donald, this is a great place to start. And you know what we did? We cleaned up and we got this set up and we've had church in here for the last five months and God has blessed. We started in October. Listen, I wanted to be in the Yarmouth area. I wasn't positive it was gonna work out, but I wanted to be in the mid-cape. That's why I was telling everybody. But really, we looked at a house all the way in Katuit because we didn't know what was going on. Listen, God allowed us to start right here. And you know what the building we're looking at right now is in West Yarmouth. It's five minutes away. That's God. He has done all of it. Listen, He is opening up doors. For this building we're looking at now. And listen, even if that door closes, I still believe that God is working and he's at work. Yeah. I want to finish with this. In the book of Mark, Jesus comes across a fig tree. And he's looking for fruit. And when he gets there, he finds none. And he says, he curses it and says, it's not going to bear fruit anymore at all. And the next day in the chapter, it says the next day, uh, we come to verse 21 of chapter 11. And this is what the verses say. It says, in Peter... They see the fig tree with no fruit. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I was reading this as I was searching and looking about, looking the Bible about faith and just kind of studying it. And I found this passage and I looked into it more. And those four words that Jesus says, he says it. He says, have faith in God. You know what that was to the disciples? It wasn't just a declarative statement. It was really a gentle rebuke. It was a gentle rebuke for the disciples' lack of faith. In the power of God, in the power of His Word. Because the day before, the disciples were all there with Him when Jesus said, This this tree will bear no more fruit. And the next day, Peter's like, Hey, check out the tree, man. There's no fruit, remember? And And Jesus says, Hey, have faith in God. Like, obviously, there's no fruit because I said there wasn't going to be fruit. Have faith in God. Such faith, that faith that Jesus is talking about, such faith believes in God's revealed truth in his word and in his power and seeks to do his will. As a church, that's the kind of faith that we need to have. He goes on in verse 23 and he says, For verily I say unto you that, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith." That that metaphor here about the mountain being uh, cast into the sea. I, I studied this, and I found this out. It was very common in that day to use that metaphor, talking about, uh, the, the, the words were, the uh, rooter up of the mountains. And oftentimes they were talking about the, the rabbis and the, the, the spiritual leaders who could solve difficult problems and, and seemingly do the impossible. So they used that phrase, the rooter of the mountains, for those great rabbis and those spiritual leaders back in the Bible times. Obviously, Jesus did not literally mean uprooting the mountain and throwing it into the sea. In fact, the Bible says in, in uh, Matthew 12 that Jesus refused to give those guys a sign. He said, give us a sign. He said, I'm not giving you. You don't need a sign. You need to just believe. He didn't do spectacular miracles for those unbelieving Jewish leaders. The point that Jesus is trying to make with this illustration about faith is this. He's trying to, 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 to say that if believers sincerely and truly trust in God, and truly realize the unlimited power that is available through real faith in Him, they will see His mighty powers at work. If they truly believe in God's unlimited power, and trust in His Word, and believe what He said, listen, that power is available uh, uh, through real faith in Him, and we will see God work at Coastline Baptist Church. And listen, the same thing that Jesus said to his disciples then, listen, if we're honest, we are people that lack faith. We are people that lack faith. Like I said at the beginning, faith and amazement are two different things. We lack faith. I lack faith. And Jesus is saying to me, Donald, have faith in God. What did I say? What did I say? Did I call you here? Did I bring you to this place? Did I bring these people to you? Listen, believe me. Church, are we willing to move Forward by faith. Are we willing to give what it takes to reach our community? Because, listen, Colson Baptist Church is not is not it's not really at the end of the day not really about us, is it? It's about I said the first service we ever had. Listen, we will continue as a church to be outwardly focused. I don't want to start being inwardly focused and just protecting us for no more. No, we are outwardly focused on the people all around us that need Jesus Christ, that need the gospel to change their lives, that need freedom from themselves. Listen, it's the gospel that changes life. And it's not about us. It's about, listen, the church, yes, it's about training us to go out and reach people. Are we willing to give what it takes to reach our community? Hey, are we willing to pray the hard prayers, the dangerous prayers that say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting what a hard prayer if we really thought about that prayer in our lives listen we'd find some things out about ourselves that would that would man that would blow our minds what God has done in my life and he's continuing to do it in my life God in my life has revealed things that I that I've had for so long pride and insecurities and fears and so many that I'm like man I'm a mess But thank God for grace Thank God for grace to change us because God doesn't want to leave me there. No. God doesn't want to leave you there. We have to be willing to say, God, make me who you want me to be. I want to move forward by faith personally so as a church we can do that. So today, for, for our, 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 our by-faith challenge for this week is this. because I don't want to leave you with just this. I want to give you something for this week to do. Number one, I want you to ask God to reveal to you what you don't see about yourself. Yeah, listen, you may say, I don't know if I want to pray that prayer. Ask God to reveal to you what you don't see about yourself. I'm telling you, if you really pray and, and you are sincere and say, God, please show me. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. Show me what, I, what, I, what I'm spiritually blind to about myself. Ask God to reveal to you what you don't see about yourself. Ask God to show you what is keeping you from moving forward. Because I hope none of us would admit that we've made it. I don't think anybody here would say, I'm already there, so we always should be moving forward, shouldn't we? Being more like Christ. So ask God to show you what is keeping you from moving forward. And then lastly, ask God to use you here at Coastline. Ask Him to use even in this time right now. So we don't have a lot going on. We, don't have a lot of, we, don't, we really only have one other ministry, and that's the kids' ministry. We don't have, but Ask God, to, how can, God, how can you use me right now at Coastline? Ask it as we strive to move forward by faith together. Listen, as a church, we are going to continue to move forward by faith. And I'm going to challenge our faith. And listen, God's going to challenge my faith. I know he is. But we've got to trust in him. He's big enough. He's big enough. We're moving forward by faith. Lord, we love you. We need you today. Would you bless us? Would you help us? God, help us to move forward by faith as a church. Be with us. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. God, help us to search inwardly. Lord, reveal things in my life that I'm missing. Show me what you, what you need from me, God. Show me what, what needs to change. And God, in your grace, deliver me from myself. And help us each to pray that prayer, Lord, and use us as a church. We love you and we need you. Help us, God, to move forward by faith. Help our faith to increase. Lord, you said the, the the trying of our faith work with patience. And you said without faith, it's impossible to please you, God. And I, the trials in our lives and things that we face are there to increase our faith, God. Not to push us down. God, help us as a church. No matter what happens with this building, to move forward by faith and look to you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your grace. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this church in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, here, I'm going to take some prayer requests. And uh, spend some time in prayer together for just a moment, but I have to just switch to the next scene so that they're not sitting there. We, they don't need to hear all the prayer requests. There we go. See, we're already done. Mm-hmm. Um, so does anybody have any updates, any important prayer requests that we can talk about this morning, and then we'll pray. And, um, oh, good, we got time. It's not even 11 yet, so we'll, we'll pray together. Ma? Alex passed his uh, state exam. Yes, that's a praise.